Welcome into another Q&A questions and alcohol. And as you know, we talk about all things alcohol, but we also talk about food and things in Kentucky and beyond. And I think uh, this one lines up perfectly for that. Uh, but before we introduce our guest, don't forget to check us out on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word across TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we're also on YouTube. And you can find us at hopspirits.com. But we're here with two great guests. Chris Britt, Director of Operations and Regional Manager, and Aaron Strong, Director of Libations and Bar Standards, here to talk about agave and rye. Welcome in. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Now, I, I like the titles. Um, Aaron, I think you got the better end of that deal with uh, Director of Libations. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Everybody likes to, to talk about and have a little drink or two, right? <laughs> Now, uh, b before we get into agave and rye, can you tell us a little bit about y'all, what you do, and kind of your backgrounds uh, with with the larger franchise that is agave and rye these days? Sure, I'll, I'll start. And we're not a franchise, so I'll, I'll just... or well, yeah, yeah. I don't think you meant to say that intentionally, but we are husband and wife owned. Uh, we started in Cov Covington, Kentucky, February eighth of two thousand eighteen. So we just celebrated our four-year anniversary, which is super excited. Feels like 20 years, but um, I'm going to start wearing makeup pretty soon. Uh, but we now have 10 agave and rye locations, and we just opened our first um, steakhouse here up in Liberty Center, Ohio, called SOB, which stands for Son of a Butcher. Um, and, and in my role as director of operations, kind of you know, I started as the original, what we called GM back in the day in Covington, and then I was GM of our third location in Liberty Center. And then once we opened up number four in Louisville, uh, two weeks before COVID hit, uh, I got pulled out of that role to oversee all the operations of the stores. And as we've grown, we've hired additional district leaders and regional leaders and kind of oversee them and the, the different department heads, and making sure we have as epic and smooth operations as possible not not an easy challenge but definitely fun and we're blessed with such a uh, great team and, and family as we like to say um, i'm a little bit newer to the team i was uh, actually part of the lexington opening but uh, parted ways for a little bit but i'm now back they saw a need to have someone oversee all of the different uh, concepts within our Epic brands to make sure that our bar is the absolute best bar of any place you're gonna go and have food and drink. And then with SOB opening up, we wanted to elevate that, make sure we have a craft crafts program where everything is made from scratch and with love. Oh, I, I, I like those. And you're, you're correct, Chris. I didn't mean to say franchise because the, the, my next thing I was gonna ask is, you know, can you talk a little bit about Yvonne and, and Wade? Is It's Sarber, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, and just kind of because they, they're the ones that created this restaurant and then it has now they've been able to expand it, as you said, into, into multiple locations. Can you talk about them and, and how all of this came to be in, in Covington, uh, Kentucky, of all places? Sure. Yeah, it's a it's a fun, unique story and a very good story for any potential entrepreneur that wants to, uh, you know, do the entrepreneurial spirit, so to speak. Uh, it's not as easy as a lot of people sometimes think and Wayne and Yvonne will be the first to admit that and, and myself as well we're all from you know we've lived in Columbus Ohio for many many years prior to um, venturing south of the border into um, Kentucky but you know at one time they had owned five different one-off concepts there uh, and, and called Fab Dining and 
Yvonne will be the first to make, she's pretty much the founder, right? And acting CEO um, and Wade plays a valuable input to a lot of on operations. Um, but we didn't know what we didn't know back then. And, you know, and she likes to say the restaurant industry is hard until it's not. Um, so back then we didn't have structure. We didn't have policies and protocols. We didn't have accountability. Uh, we didn't take into guest consideration and guest feedback. We thought what we thought was the best solution. Uh, and it wasn't the case. And we, we learned that the hard way. Uh, you know, and at one point, Yvonne reached out to a restaurant coach uh, in Texas, and he said, close or sell um, our existing location. So at that time, I was GM of a gourmet burger and bourbon bar uh, in, in the alley in downtown Columbus. And um, Yvonne and Wade sold that. And they closed De Novo Bistro, which was on the Columbus Commons overlooking the park downtown, which was our first go around kind of at uh, the fine dining uh, aspect of, of um, restaurants. So that's what they did. And at that time, they were working on the new concept, agave and rye. I wanted to get out of Columbus because it's a, it's a difficult market downtown. It's a nine to five city. It depended on a lot of variables, theater, et cetera, et cetera. And they were looking for a spot in Cincinnati but you know they were driving around and and went across the the, the long trip across the bridge to <laughs> Covington and stayed at Hotel Covington right there on, on Madison Avenue, one of the main strips in Covington, and you know scouted out the window to kind of gauge traffic. And they saw old called Remus Remus Diner on the corner of Madison and Seventh there in, in Covington, and thought that would be a perfect spot for the next idea of agave and rye and so they they packed up from columbus with you know twelve hundred dollars to their name an old u-haul of restaurant equipment and artwork and uh plenty of debt and decided to pull the the trigger and take on all that risk everything they've worked hard for their entire life and open up agave and rye the uh, at that time a uh, tequila and bourbon hall was the main concept we thought bar first then restaurant second it turned into actually being more food driven and, and bar second, but we're still about 60, 40 in sales, food to alcohol. So um, pretty high, but you know, and we opened that and no thoughts of expansion at all, but from get go, the demand was super, super high. Um, and, and at that, in about a year in, I think about 14 months in, we decided to adventure out and, and open up another one. And that's where we, we started that fun bus, which Aaron touched on and, and Lexington at the Fayette mall there. And, Ever since, you know, we did Liberty Center here in Ohio, then Louisville, and then COVID hit, but we opened five to six more locations during COVID, which speaks volumes to our, our, our guests and our team that works for us, because uh, guests can spend their money anywhere, and they chose to spend it with us during one of the most difficult times many of us have ever seen. So at that point, we decided to be very proactive and, and you know, keep the train going, and because and, and, people wanted us. and how we could provide more opportunities to team members in different communities and and provide our epic experiences, so to speak, to guests in different communities. They don't have access um, when we only had three to four locations. So now we're in five states, soon to be um, seven uh, with 10 locations. We have six to eight more in the next uh, eight to 12 months ready to go. And, and it's very important for us never to lose that that um, family unity feel, that mom and pop feel, 
Obviously, we still are, are very structured and, and very documented and regimented in what we need to do, but we allow our people, our team to be their, their true authentic selves. And that's what makes the difference when you put people over profit, you end up profiting more. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy, but a lot of people don't do it because you have to take the time to get to know your people, get to know your team, their personal lives. They have to trust you and respect you. And it's, uh, you know, that's what Yvonne preaches is our core values. And every decision we make is based on those six core values, which allows us to accomplish our dream and our promise to our um, guest community and team members. So that's kind of the quick version, but um, yeah, I could go on and on. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a crazy story, especially when you, you, you know, you throw in COVID and the pandemic and just how um, just pretty much everyone, whether it was a restaurant or a business, you know, any type of business owner basically had to pivot and kind of rethink things. Uh, but you also touched on on this the the six core values, which when when you think about it too of, of their their journey, you know Yvonne and and Wade's journey. Well, how important are those six core values? Um, and I'll read them off. You know, love, community, exceed expectations, uh, epic hospitality, which epic comes through uh, a lot in everything you guys do, and then inspire and respect. How, how important and how big of a role do the, those six core values play for y'all? They are the backbone, like I mentioned, of every decision we make, every team member we bring on. It's part of our uniform policy. We print out little core value cards in English and in Spanish because we do have a big Latino family members in a lot of our, our culinary operations at our kitchen. So it's very important that everyone feels inclusive to our family. We're very diverse, all races, ages, sexual orientations, whatever genders, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, the world kind of makes us believe that not everybody can get along. It's always us versus them. But we're out to show the industry and, you know, really the, the world that, you know, everyone can get along and we're, we're proof that that does happen. And you see it in our dining rooms on our Friday night as well. It's very diverse because we do follow our core values with every decision we make, right? Love, which is treat our team members as family, placing each other's livelihood and growth above all else. A lot of companies and brands have core values and mission statements and but it's just a, a framed picture on the wall, right? Or written in their employee handbook. And uh, a few weeks in, most employees, which they call them, realize that this is just another company saying what we wanna hear. It's our job, which is very difficult, why most people don't do it, is to make sure we, we live those core values in every action um, that we take and every conversation that we have. And we encourage in full transparency for anyone to call us out any member of leadership if we're not following our core values. However, the caveat to that is we also understand we're all human. We all make mistakes. Um, we're not perfect. We like to say we're, we're a perfect family of imperfect people. And it's very, very true. All those imperfections make something special and unique that you can't find many places. And, and that's what you know gives us satisfaction every day is seeing those people that might come from all types of backgrounds, whether you know it's jail or poverty or abuse as a kid or financial problem, whatever it may be, seeing them succeed and realize through self-awareness that they are better and they can achieve more with our brand and maybe with outside our doors someday, that's totally fine. We're gonna support them on their lifelong journey. And um, so that's kind of very important to us is, is that, that, like you said, love, community, respect, inspire, are very important. Then, when it comes to service, exceeding expectations of our guests and our team members by providing that epic hospitality. But no one can do that if they're not their true authentic self. 
Well, and, and uh, you know, Aaron, you touched on this and it, it being epic, and that's kind of part of the, the name in and of itself. You know, agave and rye, if, if you're if you're not thinking too too much about it, you go, oh, that's just a, a great name. But, I mean, really, the, being tequila and bourbon, those are, are what kind of goes into to those. I mean, I just love the name. Is, it, is that just how simple it was for the name? Or, 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 I mean, did they have the name and the concept first? How did all that, that come about? Jump yeah, in. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, like I touched on earlier, we thought bar concept first, right? Tequila and bourbon hall with uh, large selections of bourbons and tequilas. And, um, and then an epic tacos is also in our, our title. And people think, you know, just another taco spot. But once people come and dine with us, they understand we're not just another taco spot. It's fine dining food with put in taco as the vessel with a vast array of tequilas and bourbons over, depending on the stores, but at minimal, each store has at least 60 tequilas and at least 60 bourbons. Some states it's easier to get, some states it's harder to get. Alabama, cough, cough. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we try to give a big selection to our, our community. Uh, and, and it's funny, a lot of people that don't, you know, they'll call and say, I gave and rye, or they don't understand <laughs> agave and rye but uh, uh but it's very educational and that's why aaron's brought on board as well because we want our whole teams bartenders servers whatever to know the ins and outs of the history of bourbon tequila what's the difference between a, a silver reposado and yeho now there's the extra and yeho fix and you know and thinking that bourbon and tequila are going to be the backbone of i think the liquor uh the phase that we're in for quite some time so we're trying to stay ahead of that curve and um, expand the knowledge, not of our leadership, but of the team and give those great selections and opportunities for our um, guests as well. And in addition to our um, cocktail menu, which is also scratch made at agave and dry and, and heavily tequila based as our margaritas are definitely our, our top seller. Well, and, and Aaron, you know, you're, you're the director of libations, bar standards. So you, this one is right up your alley. How, how is it going about trying to find all of those tequilas, all of those bourbons, making 10 plus or so house cocktails and making sure everyone knows what, what's going on? Because I feel like, one, that's a lot of options, but two, I mean, there's a lot of variety in, in all of that. There is. Um, we have all definitely faced some challenges, especially with shipping and bottle shortages and all of those different things. And bourbon is just so hot right now that um, it's, you know, it's hard to get certain companies, you know, Buffalo Trace, Blanton's, that whole house is very, very hard to get, but it's, that's where you use uh, the community aspect of one of our core values is we become good friends with the people, our suppliers, our vendors, we, you know, we're letting them know that we're trying to spread this information to the community so they can enjoy these products more and more. So it makes it a lot easier to get these things. And then by educating our family members, you know, that only spills over into our guests as well. And they become excited about it. When you can tell that background story of like George Remus Bourbon or something, for example, that that really inspires people to, to want to learn more and want to do better. So it's a, while it's challenging, it's not something that we can't surmount and it's an exciting adventure every day. And, and then, you know, doing the, the in-house cocktails, I mean, what, what's that like for, for y'all? Because I feel like, um, you know, that that's becoming a bigger thing too, because, you, you know, you can kind of get a, a classic margarita or something like that at most places, but 
most people are now kind of looking for kind of that next level uh, of some sort. What, what's that like for, for y'all? Um, I think that is what um, SOB has allowed us to do. It has definitely allowed us to take it to the next level. So we make every syrup, puree, anything and everything that we use behind the bar, infusing different alcohols, things like that. Um, we do it from scratch. Um, we do it, uh, we try to perfect it each and every single day. We make sure that we taste things and we are sharing information and sharing the love, but it's it's putting those extra steps into it rather than just pouring something out of a bottle that makes it extraordinary rather than ordinary. And I, and I love that. And you, and you guys even do that with the food. Cause like you said, it, it, the taco is the vessel, but it's, there's a whole lot of more than just uh, kind of the typical taco uh, feel to, to your food. Can y'all talk about those unique uh, tacos that you, you create those epic tacos? Yes. Epic, epic indeed. Yeah. So people that haven't dined with us, they're thinking traditional tacos, right? But all of our tacos come double shelled, soft um, um, flour, hard, hard corn, and they're, they're filled from the bottom to the brim with vast of scratch made French um, technique cooking food, right? Uh, you said we have 13, I think we have 20, 20 epic tacos on our menu currently. 13 of those have different proteins, right? So we, we have lobster, you have duck, you have kangaroo, you have the traditional um, beef, pork, um, seafood, uh, those chicken, the, all those tacos as well, but we'll add it to the additional step. It's not just the, the steak with some chili de arbol and some cheese and a garnish of a pickle. Um, they do go, um, like I said, our alderman, for example, is our steak taco or carne asada, which we, we grill every day, scratch, and then we top that with chili de arbol house made. Uh, it'll give a little kick and then um, our house uh, street corn salad. Mexican street corn salad and we top the taco as a garnish with some cotilla cheese. That's mm. one of our, our, our go-tos. We did just add what's called the um, sugar daddy of the plain Jane. Because uh, plain Jane is the traditional taco because our, our menu can be intimidating for people um, that they don't know what they're getting. So that's a traditional ground beef, lettuce, sour cream, uh, white cheddar, tomato taco. However, we what we've did with that instead of the, the soft and hard shell dynamic I just touched on, we do um, uh, two grilled tortillas that we dip in our consomme and then we layer that with cheese, white cheddar between the two shells and have it melt. And then we load it up um, with those same ingredients and we add salsa and queso to that. Um, it's, it's not healthy, but it's very <laughs> damn good. I think that another wonderful yeah. thing that, that we do is we don't just cater to one kind of person, one kind of thing that they're trying to eat, that a vegan, a vegetarian, a pescatarian, somebody who's just a hardcore carnivore can come and enjoy a wonderful meal and not just be having to pick from one or two things, that there's so many options for so many different people. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, what, what, when people come in and see, you know, a duck or even something like a kangaroo on there, do did their eyes kind of glaze over or are they like, wait, what, how, how does this work? Cause I mean, that's not normally what you hear. They do. And it's, you know, some get freaked out, which is fine. Um, and some are like, Oh my God, I've never had that. I have to try this. Please explain it to me. Or where's your kangaroo come from? And with tell me it comes, it's imported from Australia. Um, so it is real, it's, you know, in Australia kangaroo is similar to what the cow is here in, in you know, America. It's standard, but uh, so they, they do do that. And then, like, you know, we have those 20 tacos, but we do have that large variety of not a taco options as well. If you aren't in the mood for uh, an epic taco, but you know, one or two, you're totally full. It's not the traditional one where you get those three 
corn tortillas and you need to eat all three and get uh, some rice and beans as a side and get filled up, right? Or, you know, one to two tacos, you're totally, you know, it's nap time and you'll see people come in and be like, oh, I, I'm going to hammer out three or four of these, but then they're asking for a box about halfway into their dying experience. We also make sure we continually educate our, our team, our family, so they can, you know, re make it relatable to people. So it's not something scary. Um, and, you know, agave and rice is just such a fun atmosphere that I think it makes people want to be a little bit more adventurous, want to have a little bit more fun and are willing to take risks. So I don't think anything strange on the menu is um, something that's too scary for people. They're all about it. Well, and you talk about that that feel too, because what you guys kind of I think I read have what is it? Urban grunge is kind of the, the 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 feel that you go for. Can you explain kind of how how just the look of the the restaurants work? Because it's maybe a little different than you might think of for a traditional taco place. Sure. So each of our locations, we go for the the same vibe and and environment, right? We use the same artists at every location. However, we do different. Uh, art concepts, so to speak, or different themes. Usually one or two are tied to the local community that we're in. But if you come in, you see big, fancy, huge chandeliers right at our restaurants. And then you look over at the wall and you see uh, Martin Luther King, or you look over to the other wall and you see um, Betty White smoking a cigarette on a, on a canvas art, right? So um, the, the, the goal is kind of tying back to one of our core values of Inspire, right? Is creating an inspiring environment where a team member's community and then guests can mindfully play. Um, so we want them, every time they come in, you know, they rave about finding something different they didn't see before, or they intentionally go to each different agave and ride just to check out the ambiance, like you touched on some of that urban grunge um, feel. Though. So well, tied in with some modern chic, um, you know, our, our furniture, you know, is, is um, our booths and tables. We, we, we spare no expense in making sure our guests' experiences are, are exceeded and their expectations are exceeded, another um, core value. But the, going back to that mindfully play is kind of tying that in with them being allowed to be their true authentic selves, not just our team members. But, you know, we want people to come in and not worry what people think about them. You know, dress code doesn't matter. And you'll, you'll see a table in suits and ties. You'll see an elderly couple. You'll see a family. You'll, you'll see, a, you know, a guys and tatted heads down different hair color um all ages everything dining with us getting along because they feel comfortable and that's our job is to make them feel comfortable in that environment and the art um definitely helps in that aspect well and then you know you, you mentioned you're you're upwards of, of 10, 10 locations and and more on the way how does the location change menu or or maybe what's at the bar or anything like that how does how does the location kind of also play a role in everything Sure, yeah, so the food menu is the same at all of our locations from a consistency aspect, uh, as is our everything on our cocktail menu as well. However, and Aaron's not, we'll be working on this shortly, our tequila and bourbon lists do vary from store to store, primarily more state to state, um, just because of different liquor laws and things that affect, but we still wanna hit that minimum threshold of at least um, 60 tequilas and 60 bourbons. Uh, draft beer tends to change a little bit so we try to put a few locals in there but we do take over second generation buildings so they are all completely different and we inherit you know logistically and operationally it's challenging because uh, things are set up differently and but it does add for the environment and the experience but 
Now, some bars we take over have four taps on draft. Some have 12 taps on draft. So um, we try to, uh, you know, take what we have and use the best of it. Um, we do have our cores and same with canned beer and, and bottled beer, but uh, those are, but pretty much everything's the same, just depending on um, local regulations. <laughs> and then you, you, you touched on this too, you, the new concept, SOB son of a butcher is, is up and running. Uh, now I think what, maybe a week older or so, if I'm, I'm correct on that. I think last Thursday was our opening day. Yeah, I got pushed back a few days, do some local regulations again, <laughs> um, favorite word. But uh, yeah, we, we're here thriving and learning and growing every day and providing more epic experiences to our guests in a fine dining setting, which you know has kind of been stagnant and growing old over the last decade. I'd say you see a lot of closures from fine dining restaurants. The, the industry team seems to be trending, you know, those casual, you walk up counter and order and go types of things and a lot of carry out and things to that effect. So you don't see many new concepts in fine dining open. Uh, a, there's an established crew that kind of controls the market, but they're all the same experience kind of not throwing them under the bus. They do very, very well. Um, and, and definitely, you know, we can learn from them, but you get most of them have that perception or stereotype of stuffiness and pretentiousness. Um, you know, you have to have a lot of money to go there. You have to dress up um, white tablecloth and, you know, those types of things. So we're providing that same quality of food and service, but once again, allowing our, our team to be themselves, you know, we're not going to have that scripted robotic table side service. It's not who we are. And, and the food's not going to be your standard steakhouse food. Um, we're going to have the high quality and some of it's expensive, but you get what you pay for. And we, we have those eight different steak options, plus a, plenty of other options as well. A large um, um, bar menu, a, a large wine list. Um, but we want the guests to be able to kind of what we did with agave and rye in that, in that uh, modern day uh, restaurant, but to do that to the uh, steakhouse and the, uh, where you don't, you walk in and you, right away, no, it's not a traditional steakhouse. You you see all that artwork we've explained. You see a bathtub to your left when you walk in that um, you can hop in and drink a margarita if you want and post a picture on Instagram. I don't know the last time people have been to a traditional steakhouse and take a bunch of pictures and post to their Instagram. It's just not a thing, but here they do because they're in awe. However, when they're in awe, those expectations go up and that service and food have to hit in order to exceed those expectations because the bar has been raised, especially having, you know, the community here in Cincinnati knows Agave and Rye is an established brand and concept that does very, very well. So they have high expectations walking into the door, especially with the price points and the environment that they're in. You know, it's our job to still strive to exceed their expectations um, without that stuffiness that you get at a traditional steakhouse. And, and Aaron, how, how does Son of a, a Butcher kind of uh, play with, with your side of things? Because it sounded like you guys are able to maybe do a little bit more and be a little more creative and, and kind of have a little more fun on, on the bar side. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for example, we have a cocktail called Curiouser and Curiouser. So it's an Alice in Wonderland themed cocktail. It's an eat me, drink me uh, cocktail. So you'll be given a spicy tart jello shot to start off your day as your eat me part and then you finish up with something that's a little bit sweeter and color changing to keep it interesting um, 
for you to drink. So we just, we wanted to take it to the next level. The garnishes are over the top, the drinks are over the top, and but they're still approachable for people. Um, there's nothing too scary on the menu that they're like, what is this crazy ingredient or anything like that? It's, it's things that people can recognize and just taste really good. <laughs> is that one of your, your favorite parts is, is being able to try it, try everything? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's one of the best parts of my job. Absolutely. Um, it's, it, it makes it not even like a job. It's, I get to go on vacation every day and, and have a little sip of something and try something and try to find the next big thing and something that guests are going to be um, absolutely wowed by. And then, you know, you, you touched on this too. You got a whole bunch of things kind of coming down the pipes as far as more locations for Agave and Rise. That just kind of what's next for y'all is just build on what, what you have and, and, and make things more epic. Sure. Yeah, we have, you know, it's already March. This year's flying by, but uh, we're, we're excited about our next location, Columbus. Like I mentioned, we're it's kind of homecoming for Wade and Yvonne and somewhat to my myself. I'm a, a Buckeye grad, so I, it's always good to go back um, where I made bad choices as a, <laughs> as a mid 20 year old, but uh, early 20s. Gee, it'd be bad if I was in my mid 20s and probably still in college, but uh, so it's homecoming for us there. We're super excited there in Grandview. And then a few more in Ohio. We get to go up on Lake Erie in Cleveland, downtown, and then on Perrysburg, which is by Toledo, northern Ohio. And then Indianapolis is our, uh, that's our first um, um, build from scratch up. So that's going to be super exciting right downtown between the two stadiums there as well. And then we're going to try to start some southward expansion, uh, kind of plug some stores maybe in Tennessee to kind of um, we have Chattanooga already, but more Nashville, Knoxville-ish, and then potentially maybe another one in Birmingham, since we have one in Huntsville, Alabama already. And then we might want to end the year in the Atlanta market as well. And uh, we have a ton of people that it's, it's funny because when you walk around and we're required to do table touches as leadership because we want to, not because we have to, and to get that feedback from the guests. And we get a lot of people from out of town or different cities, a lot from Atlanta and Nashville or even Columbus, you know, that, when are you coming here? When are you coming here? And I get a million emails a day about, hey, can you come to Seattle, Washington or wherever it may be like, eventually, but uh, we got, we have to be smart about it. We're not, we, we are, like we mentioned with those core values, right? A, a lot of companies, when they grow, they forget what got them to where they're at and allowed them to be successful. So, you know, and like with our challenges we've had in Columbus, we know how quickly you can be unsuccessful. Um, and so we're, we're very um, smart with what we do. However, we're still gonna move quickly, um, but we know how what we need to do in order to ensure our core values are always at the backbone and, and forefront of every decision we make and then you know hopefully next year we can expand maybe some more son of a butchers and you did mention franchise and we we are going to open up another concept probably early next year where we do provide franchise opportunities for our team members um it's called Papiochos, which is an authentic mexican side where uh, it's going to be a fast food model um so once again the fast food market's kind of getting stale as well and this is quality food scratch made as well which you don't get in fast food. Um, and then as you drive through, after you place your order and the dual lines, it's all gonna be glass where you can actually look in and see your food being prepared like you're on the streets of Mexico. So it's gonna be, we're super excited about that. And we're, those are gonna be provided um, the, the, to own by our current team members if they complete a process because 
and we're going to pay for that franchise fee for them, you know, because everyone needs an opportunity and a chance and um, very few people actually get it. Um, and it's our job to provide those to the, those that deserve that and reciprocate the want and, and share those same core values that we do. Uh, that is awesome. And, and just from, from you two talking, I mean, uh, Chris, you've been with them for, for, from the start and, and Aaron, I mean, you went from down in Lexington and those openings to now running the, the kind of the bar operations and, and so forth for it all. So you can see the, the teamwork and, and the, the family mentality and agaveandride.com uh, for more on, on them and social media as well. And, and Chris and Aaron, thank you for sharing about agave and rye. And, and now I'm, I'm very hungry. And I might have to go have lunch. <laughs> please, please. Thank you so much Thank for, you. for talking with you.